Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to this podcast with Pastor Mubarakota. Mubarakota is the founder and leader of Christ Love World Outreach, a global evangelical ministry that is impacting the lives of many worldwide. Mubarak, an anointed teacher of the word, teaches the good news that has the power to heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, and change lives. Stay connected as you receive God's inspired word. Now, today's message. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, happy to see you tonight. And welcome all those watching online. Amen. Tonight, I want to talk to you about a message that a few things I saw in the scriptures. Amen. And I believe it will be a blessing to you. So the title of my message is Don't Be Offended at God. Yep. <laughs> Don't be offended at God. Yep. It's a, it's a message. Do you have your Bibles? All right, lift your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. I believe in all it says. I'll do all that it says. And I'll become all that it says. And I am a victor in life through what it says. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good. Thank you for bringing your Bible to church. And those of you still don't have your Bibles, it's as well. Amen. First Corinthians nine twenty six. I want to just read through a, a few scriptures then. Um, see what the Spirit of God will say to us. I therefore so run, not as set as an uncertainly, not as uncertainly, to fight I, not as one that beat at the air. I want you to take the notice of the word fight. Now go to First Timothy six. First Timothy. 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Second Timothy 4.7 Paul writing one of his last letters to his son Timothy. And look at what he says. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept my course. I have kept the faith. I have what? Fought a good fight. Say amen. I have fought a what? A good fight. So, all through the scriptures, there are myriads of uh, circumstances and places where the Spirit of God indicated to us how much this walk is a fight. You get it? So, we are in a fight of faith. That's what Paul called it. We are in a what? A fight of faith. Knowing or understanding what you are in matters. Lest you are wearied. If someone says, let's go for a party. You know what to expect. Eating, dancing, drinking. Whatever. So, 
you don't expect to go and work. Amen. Except it's a Christ love party. And you come in powerful. But normally, when it's a party, you know you're just going to chill. But when someone says, let's go and fight, you also know what to expect. You don't expect to go and eat or drink. Understanding what Christianity is from what our forefathers left and have written is very essential. Why? It's essential so we understand what we are truly dealing with. Amen. When you don't understand what you are in or what you're trying to accomplish, you get tired often. Mm -hmm. Are you here? So all through our Christian walk, we are fighting a fight. We are in a fight. But quite unfortunately, not many of us have been told the reality of this fight. We've not been made to understand what actually this fight is. So for some of us, it's more like um, a very cozy ride where we are expecting everything to just fall on us as and when we need it. You get it. So imagine Muhammad Ali is in a boxing ring fighting. Then suddenly he feels like he's thirsty. Then he calls for ice water. Is it done? No. Once you do bing and you are in the ring. You are either out or you are in. Break time, they can bring your water. But not when you are in the fight. So understanding that Christian, our Christian work is a fight helps you better prepare for the challenges that come with it. Say amen. The reason why many along the line get tired is because of the mismatched expectations, okay, where what we expect and what God is doing are not matching up. And it generates a lot of frustration. Are you here? So that when God is not showing up at the time you want him to, that frustration that builds up can initiate a big problem that you've never anticipated. 
Amen. God has a lot of promises for us. But the accomplishment of those promises are still within his jurisdiction because of a lot of things that he tries to accomplish with us at each and every time. You get it? So that, that you thought or felt that something had to be or something is does not necessarily mean that God is going to respond to your thoughts and your feelings. Say amen. Open your Bibles to Genesis 13, Genesis 15. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll not be offended at God. For every phase of your life, there's always a next phase that takes a lot of effort to break into. Amen. So you to, to move with God comes with, I don't know, maybe it, it's, it's like stage by stage. God deals with you in stages. You get it. So that you always depend on him. So when you are going in the Lord, what you realize is that there are times where there's a season in your life where you have a particular type of problem or need. And it's like you do everything, it won't solve itself. But after a while, it, it gets solved. Then, if you get some rest, then suddenly it's like a whole new world of <laughs> problem also now pop up again. It's like, okay, now you have to figure out how to solve this one too. Then you solve it. Then you rest. Then before long, another problem pops up. So that what happens now is that you you don't realize, but what you what what you, what is actually happening is God is taking you through many processes or many phases, which is building good in you. So that when you look back, you will see how much the Spirit of God has accomplished over the period with you. You will not realize, but you see that all those things that you went through have worked out a certain. Ability. But you know, man is of very little understanding. Like a child, Nathan has his tab, and the tab, the batteries run down. Like, let me charge it for you. And when you take it, he's crying. Because he doesn't understand you are rather trying to charge it for him. So our dealings with God often make God look like a wicked person. So that as we deal with God, the only feeling that is left with us is like, oh, this man doesn't understand. 
how I feel. He doesn't appreciate what I'm going through. And it looks like he's wicked. Can I, can I have a few people who have thought maybe God is wicked once in a while? If you are here, just raise your hand. Like, when you look at this thing that you, it's painful in your life, you need it. But it's like you prayed, God is not my like, Charlie, the conclusion is God is a wicked God. Be honest if you are here like that. Uh, I, I, it looks like I mean, I have a witness here. Amen. You know what you want is easy for God. But that God is not minding you. And especially when you see God give it to someone easily. Like, ah, have you not all serving God? Have you not all deacons? Have you all not deaconesses? Have you all not elders? Amen. But why is it that? Mine is not. So for instance, let's see. You are in church and you know you there you don't need much actually. It's just that for the past two weeks things have been very tough. And you just need God to show up with just some three hundred CDs in your momo, you'll be fine. That's all you're asking God. You don't need much. It's not like you need you don't need much, just 300. 300 is someone's fuel. Amen. That's all you need. And it's like, hey, you've prayed all the tongues you know, said every single prayer. It's like, once in a while, someone will give you money back, 20 CDs, 30 CDs, and you're like, this one is not what I want. Amen. Have you been there before? <laughs> and often the feeling it leaves is it leaves an offensive taste. Where even though you come and you play the drums, not from your heart. <laughs> Whenever you come to church, it's like it's one of those duties. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the souls that we received. It's like a nursery child reciting his rhymes. You know the man that went to the visa interview and they bounced him. When he came out, he said, I didn't cry on one man, you must say, he's talking plenty. As he's talking, and the, I think it was about to rain. Then the thunder struck. And say, Yako Kaso, I know the boy. The only man. Yeah? And so, it's like it leaves a picture of a God who's wicked, a God who does not care. Amen. But look to your mercy. God cares. And he loves you. And he's working it out for your good. Yeah. I think you should clap. God is working it out.
for your good. Yeah. Don't be offended at God. No. I said, let's go to Genesis. Okay, let's start from verse four, chapter 14. Go to 22. I just want you to have a better understanding. We want to look at just a few thoughts. Consider a few thoughts concerning Abraham. All right? So Abraham said, verse 22, Genesis 14, 22. So Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, and the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. 23. That I will not take from a I will not take from a tread even to a shoe said, and that I will not take anything that is thine. Lest thou no go back, I'm not done. Anything that is thine, lest thou should us say I have made Abraham rich. Lest thou should us what? Say I've made Abraham rich. Verse 24. Save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went with me. Ane, Eshko, and Mamre, let them take their portion. So, as you can see, Abraham is in a place, a state, a level in life. He's okay. He's fine. Now, one thing I want you to really understand is that every level you are in life, regardless of what you need, your state is someone's prayer topic. Please shut that curtain for me. Shut it properly. Every level, do you get it? That you are in life. Regardless of the state, someone wants to be there. And that's why you should not despise your state. Recently, I was talking to Mr. Wuda, Pastor Wuda. And Pastor Wu was telling me about this guy who used to fix ACs for us. And they were talking, and he said, oh, he brought a new car. And I know this guy. The guy had this Peugeot car. Oh, my Renault was even better. This Peugeot was wicked. Do you know when I say something is wicked? Do you get it? Like, bad. And I asked him, so what happened to the Peugeot? He said, someone bought it. I'm like, whoa. Wait a minute. Someone bought that car? It means as the guy was driving that car, someone's eye was inside. Hallelujah. That's life. I'm telling you, it's like some, someone's prayer... But do you know when I was even selling my Renault, someone was the man who bought it. 4 a.m., the man was calling me. I couldn't sleep. And he was a pastor too. Two people wanted to buy. One wanted to give me 5,000. One wanted to give me 4,000. The one who wanted to give me 4,000 was a pastor. I tell you, I don't know what the man, maybe the man went to pray against me or something. That night, I couldn't sleep. I just felt the Spirit of God say, give it to him, give it to him, give it to him. So the next moment when I woke up, that was the Renault. Today that we found a picture. You see this? We use solid tape to tie the rings. The water. How do you call that? Thing? Side mirror. 8636W. Amazing. This was our first love. Kaduna Zagaye. 
Shabuyungu Shubuyandi. It was someone's prayer topic. Right, let's get back to the scripture. So Abraham was in a place of comfort. He rich, had money, everything he needed. He said, I will not even take anything from you. So you say, you made me rich. But the next minute, Abraham is praying. And if you hear his prayer, you'll be sad. So there's a level in your life, God settles, you don't have a job. You are praying for a job. Then God settles you a job. Then immediately another problem pops up. Then it's like, now your prayer topic has changed. Now you have a job, but another need has come. So look at this rich man talking. So rich. But in chapter 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham. Fear not, Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield. And thy exceeding great reward. Are you here? I am thy what? Thy shield. And thy exceeding great reward. I am what? I am thy shield. And thy exceeding great reward. It means I'm your protector. Huh? And I'm your wages. That's the meaning of the word reward. You have me, you have it. Verse 2. Are you here? And Abraham said, Lord, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. The steward of my house is this Eliza of Damascus. Is this what? Eliza of who? Damascus. Verse 3. Shalabaya. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Four. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. So, Instead of God answering his prayer, like God always does, most of the time, he gives him a promise. Have you noticed? That when you need it, then he gives you a dream of you doing it. God anoints me. God let the church grow. Instead of actually seeing the church growing, you dream that you are preaching to many people. God anoints me. Instead of you seeing the anointing, then you dream that Charlie, you entered the room and dead bodies were full and every day, <laughs> all of them started coming. Like, why does this man respond to needs with promises? 
So he said, I will give you a child. I'll give you what? A child. Verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad. So Abraham is talking to God in the room. Then God says, Abi, come. Then he pulls him out. And said, look now towards heaven. And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. The man was never given birth. <laughs> and look at the kind of prophecy he's giving him. Hey, huge. I'm telling you. Heavy. Hmm. Verse 6. And he believed. In fact, Abraham really did well. Because some of us, we don't believe. Recently, I saw a vision and I, I didn't think much of it. If it happens, fine. Because you see, if you've been on a journey with God, you sometimes get confused. Like, ah, will God really do this? How will he do it? How will it be? How can this be? Are you here? <laughs> now you are sitting and then you dream and you dream that Charlie, you are, you bought six plots of land around East Legon. And Charlie, you built a 2,000 seater church. And there's Christ Love School, nursery, Chrysler, whatever, and the place is posh and people are coming in, church is going, and it's like, ah, how shall this be? Because as we've woken up that morning, Quran, was it not for the fact that we are fasting? You don't even have money to buy food. Okay. Hmm. So, you see the vision and you're like, no, I don't believe this. But, God actually said it. So look at what God is telling Abraham. Like, I'll make your, your what? Your seed uncountable. He believed. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the land of Ur, of the Chaldees, to give thee, thee this land to inherit it. He said, Lord, well, where, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit? So Abraham is asking, what is the proof? What is the what? The proof that what you are telling me is true. Because to be honest, I don't believe what you are saying. Then he says what? Eight. He said, Maybe I shall I know that I shall inherit it. Nine. And he said unto him, Take me an ifa of three years old, and a she good of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Ten. And he took unto them 
unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another but the bears divided he not eleven and when the fowls came down upon the carcass and Abraham drove them away twelve please be going with me okay when the sun was going down darkness fell upon him thirteen and he said Abraham no for a surety so he gave him promises about they going to Egypt now run back to Verses chapter 16. Let's flip to chapter 16. Let me show you something. Now, God has come to Abraham and said, I'll give you this. Okay? I'll do what? I'll give you a child. Abraham was complaining to God. He was rich. He had the money. But he's complaining to God. Lord, what's going to happen? Then God says, I'll do it. Okay, fine. After many years, nothing is happening. Are you here? So, Sarah comes to Abraham. And that's what we must all be careful. Taking things into our own hands when God sees wait. Taking issues into your own hands when God sees which will produce Ishmael. So Sarah comes and says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bear him no child. And she had an, an handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing, and I pray thee, go into in unto my maid, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Three. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar and made the Egyptian. And after Abraham dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband and Abraham to be his wife. Four. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived her mistress, was despised in her eyes. Five. And Sarah said unto Abraham, My wrong be upon thee. I've given my maid into thy bosom. And when she she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. But Abraham said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do as do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. Now, flip to the last verse of the scripture. 16 verses number what? 16. And Abraham was fourscore and six years old. Fourscore, a score is 20. So 86. When Hagar gave her Ishmael. God gave, God came, gave Abraham a promise. Abraham was waiting. Sarah got offended at God. Says, God is delaying. Let us figure our way out. Please lower my volume. It's too high. Let us figure our way out. Let us solve this problem. We have the ability. We can sort it. Let's deal with it. We are able. We can maneuver. Are, are we, not, we are not weak. We are strong. 
God, can't you see that God is allowing us the opportunity to deal with it? Watch it. Don't try to do what God has said he will do in your life. You know, there's this scripture that the Jehovah Witness people use a lot. It's like, he who tries to save his life shall lose it. And he who loses his life shall have it. And sometimes the people die because they won't take blood and all of that. But I, I, I believe that's not the meaning of that scripture. I believe what that scripture really means is don't try to help yourself when God has said he will help you. Maybe not really related to blood. <laughs> so, God goes quiet on Abraham. And he's not going to talk to Abraham again. Then verse 17. After 14 good years, God shows up again. And he's going to now talk to Abraham. Because God never gives up on us. Even though we still make mistakes. When you, you see, when you trip and when you, when you walk with God and you make a mistake, look out for what you did wrong and come back. Do you get it? Because God is perfect. We must figure out the path to go with him. Let all men be liars. Let, all, let God be true. I love this scripture. First Samuel 6. We'll come back to this. Let me just take a detour and just look at something there. This is David. David knew how to use things that worked. He loved things that worked. <laughs> and the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and diviners saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they say, if ye send away the ark of God. All right. Let me read from my Bible here. If ye what? First Samuel 6. All right. And the Philistines called for the priest and the diviners saying, what shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, If ye send away the ark of the Lord, send it not empty, but in any wise return him shall be the trespass of it. And they did everything. So let's flip to um, verse 7. Now therefore make a new cart and take two mills kind on which they shall, on which they had come on yoke, and tie the kind to the cart. And bring their cows home from them. And take the ark and lay it upon the cart. And put the jewels of gold. So they did all these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to. 
the place where it, they go to the threshing floor. Can you look for that verse for me? Where Uzzah stretched forth his hand to touch it. Second Samuel six three. And they set out the ark upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahel, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah. Amen. Accompanying the ark of God, and Ahel went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments, even on harps and on psalteries. And Uzzah put forth his hands to the ark and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died. And it, David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Perez Uzzah to this day, David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David said, Take this thing. Send it. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do, have anything with it. Take it. So they took it to Obed-Edom's house. And he heard that Obed-Edom began to prosper. They said, this thing works, but I didn't do it well. This, this thing works. <laughs> let, me, let me get the secret to it. So he called the elders and said, how do we go about this? And they taught him the right procedure. And guess what? He went back for it. I was just trying to show you. When something is not working, figure out the right way. If you make a mistake, don't fall back. Don't say, oh, I won't do this again. I won't do this. I was talking to a pastor. And he said, oh, I had, when I started ministry, I had a lot of people I trained, but they all ran away and left me. So now I don't even want to appoint pastors anymore. I never knew it was a big deal for people to appoint pastors and ordain them. But I'm beginning to realize that a lot of pastors don't like to appoint pastors. A lot, a lot of men of God don't like to appoint men of God. Why? Because they claim that the people will abuse their work. I'm like, no, but if you don't do that, the work will not grow. I told you, me too, I had church members who used to sell ice cream and Wache and all these people, and they, they really messed a lot of things up. But that has not withheld me from trusting people. Me, I've never, I've never withheld my trust. I'm always giving my trust to people. Say amen. So go back to verse 17, chapter 17, Genesis. I'm talking about don't be offended at God. When Abraham was 90 years old, after 14 years of Abraham's mistake, of Sarah getting offended at God, God appears to Abraham again and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now he's telling, don't repeat the mistake you did again. Be thou perfect. And when Abraham, verse 2, quick, and I'll make my covenant between me and thee and I'll multiply thee exceedingly. So, why is God not going to do this? By this time, it's been how many years? 
14 years. Why won't you just do what the man wants? But you are still bringing promises. Even giving more opportunities for the person to be offended. It's like God doesn't care how we think or feel. I'm just saying. Because if you know what made the person make a mistake, then just solve it for the person. But you've come again trying to tell the person stories again. Are you here? I will make that my covenant with thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Three. Abraham fell on his feet by this time. Abraham was tired. Have you been there before? Abraham fell on his face and God, and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be called Abraham, but now your name will be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Six. And I'll make thee exceeding fruitful and I'll make all, and I'll make nations of thee and kings shall come of thee, come out of thee. And I'll establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in thee in their generations for an everlasting. What's happening, Alfred? Covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I'll give thee and I'll give unto thee and unto thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I'll be, and I'll be their God. Nine. And God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, and thy seed after thee shall keep my covenant after thee in their generations. Ten. This is the covenant you shall keep between me and thy seed. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Eleven. Continue. Continue. Hallelujah. Go to verse uh, 14. And the uncircumcised man, man child whose flesh, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that shall, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He had broken my covenant. 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. Now, 16. I'll bless her and give thee a son also of her. So, by the time Abraham is hearing this, he's laughing. Yea, I will bless her and shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be, shall be of her. Hey. Verse 17. <laughs> Abraham said, Abraham said, <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> he started laughing at God. Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. You see, a purely offended person. He's tired of God. <laughs> Every day prophecy, you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Pastor, forget. The ones you said since 14 years ago, you've been saying this thing. Huh? <laughs> hey. 
You came to me 40 years ago. I was my son when he came. Go to hold here. Go to verse chapter number 15, verse 1. I was sitting my somewhere. I was talking. I said, I don't have it. You say you give me a child. Look, and this is the word of the Lord came. Fear not. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Two. Abraham said, Lord, would thou give me a seed? Seeing I go childless. Like the issue Abraham was complaining about something how many years ago? 14 years. Eh? You did not solve this problem. And my wife has gone to bring this maid. It has caused me family problems. Still, you've come. Just give me a child right now. You are telling me promises. And now, as if all is known, you are telling me Sarah will give birth. Ah! You think I'm a child? <laughs> Genesis 17 17. Abraham fell on his face. Give me a message. Let's see how message put it. Abraham fell flat on his face. And then he laughed. He said, Can a hundred year old man father a son? And can Sarah at 99 years have a baby? It's like right now, Abraham has given up. Like, you know, there's a level you get to if you're not careful. Eh? What God tells you will be like an answer. Sam. You lose interest. It's like a story. There's a level if you're not careful, you will get to that level where prophecies become like story. You don't believe anymore. Why? Because of the mismatch in expectation and delivery. I told you earlier. Because of the mismatch in expectation and delivery. There's a level you get to if you are not careful, you'll be offended at God. 18. Go back, King James. 17, King James. Then Abraham fell upon his feet and laughed and said, and laughed and said in the salad, child be born. When he, when he looks at his wife, how how will it be possible? I'm not Sarah. Even when I the last time when I touched her, she didn't even know my hand was on her. All her feeling is dead. She has she's gone into postmenopause. She's past menopause. The last time we saw a menstrual pad in our house was 70 years ago. That man has passed menopause. What do you mean? He laughed. Listen, never get to the point where you laugh at prophecies. Never. Never get to a point where you doubt prophecies. You can, we can easily cross to that line because of what we term as delay. But remember, we don't keep the time. Abraham was, look, look at it too. Shall a man give birth at 100? Hey, he said, what? Shall a man give birth at 100 and shall his wife? What Abraham did not know, his life was not even about to start. Because after this, Abraham was now coming to give birth to with Keturah, uh, what's the name? His concubine Keturah and give birth to other children. Power was now coming. Miracles were now going to happen. The guy had ruled himself out, but he was now about to live. These people are not fast, but I should pull the children around later. 
Anyway, let's go on. Verse 18. Now, when you get to that place where you start doubting God, you settle for less. And now your language changes. You're like, oh. If I can just have, maybe first you said you wanted a church, a land to build. But as you stand here, you can't even think of a chaos. And you say, oh, if I can just get a veranda somewhere, your language is changing. Maybe you say you wanted a degree at tech. Now nothing is happening. Now your language has changed. If I could just get some sales girl at a shop, language is changing. That's Abraham's language. He said, oh God, I have another son. His name is Ishmael. Forget about this Isaac thing. This Isaac thing, we are not ready. Actually, he's, he's given up. Forget about this Isaac thing. Let Ishmael be the one you use. Why Ishmael is my son? I give birth to him. There's a place you get to your language, you change. Your language will change. Yeah. When we're building our <laughs> auditorium, I go to places where my language changed. Because the work was too much. I remember one time I went there, I told them, listen, you see this one? You see this floor? It was like pulling nose uh, hair out of the nose. You see this pillar? These pillars. This one. This one has not even come. This one. This, I'm talking about just these pillars. One day I went, I said, APG. Where we've gotten is okay. But I knew what I saw. Stop this thing. Put. Let's put roof on it. It's okay. Let Ishmael just stand before the presence of God. Then I went to Bishop Adongo one time. Then he said, Move back, how far is the building? I showed him the piece. I said, Move back, no. Make this thing tall. Let air come inside. He has said it all. He, he has just said it all. But as to where the money will come from, see that, Charlie? It's no good to get to that place where you doubt God in I'm tuning, all my messages just encourage you. Don't cross that line. Stay within faith. God will come. God will show up. God is not a liar. Abraham was now about to live. Abraham was now about to live. Are you here? Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Ishmael is not the son of promise. Verse 19. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. It's like God is trying to tell him, look, this thing I told you will come to pass. Don't have a witness here. I said, God is telling you that thing on your expectation card will come to pass. Don't give up. It, it took 40 years, but he said, it will come. God, listen to God's language. That healing will manifest. 
Don't stop confessing. That breakthrough will happen. Pastor Isaiah, we will drive the land cruiser. We will live in the houses. Glory. Except God is not on his throne. We will prosper. Don't be offended. Tell not be offended. Now look at it too. Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant. He's not even given a name. Is there a dream you've seen more than once? Recently, my wife had a dream. Middle of the night, she woke me up and said, this is a dream I have. Praise God, it's done. It's done. We've not, we've not seen it physically, but we've seen it spiritually. It's done. It's done. His name, Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him. 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. I will make him fruitful. I will multiply him. Exceeding. Twelve princes shall be here. Shall he be here. And I will make him a great nation. <clears throat> but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in, next, in the next year. Again, the next year, ah, God, I said it will come. <clears throat> mm. And he left off talking. Now, in the book of Romans, Paul made some amazing inference. I want us to look at it briefly. Are you here? You see, everyone look at me. Working out your way to the prosperity of God is not a joke. I don't know if you get me. Laying hold on the prosperity of God. And by prosperity, I'm talking well-being. Good nurture. All good things. Laying hold is not a joke. If it was a joke, everybody will have it. I've been with Bishop Oti where he's told me, man of God, one time my wife and I, we had to take a part of our tithe. It wasn't easy. Meaning he did not just rise up to where he is. He said, man of God, 10 years ago, I didn't even have a place of my own. I heard Bishop Bempa, Apostle Bempa say, I gave my car and for four years I did not have a car. I've heard him say, I had one suit for so long. He said one day he put his money and the money was on there. That's when he noticed the pocket was torn. 
Lean hold on the prosperity of God. Not a joke. Prophet. It's not a joke. It's not for the faint-hearted. But there's a realm of God you hit into. Do you remember the day we were driving? Mr. Oda. Then we got to Ofanko. Then I said, turn this junction. Let's go. Where did we go to? Reverend Elvis Ajeman's church. Do you remember? Or you forgotten? He was outside with a white Pajero. A, a white pickup. That time his name was not out. Then I went to Jesus. I said, Sir, your church is very nice. We like your church. Oh, nice. Then he made the usher take us. We saw around. Now, do you know that outside there, from that junction to the junction, all around, on Friday night, the whole place is full. I was talking to my brother-in-law. He said, the man makes traffic come to this area too much. The place is full. Recently, I saw a picture on Facebook. They had just moved into that venue. They were just about 15 people having church. The beginning of a story. In that place, the place is the road. Every, the people outside are maybe 10 times more than the people inside. He has laid hold on the prosperity of God. It's not a joke, ho. This thing we are doing works. It works. It's just a matter of time. We will prove it. He said, do not be wary in well-doing, for you shall reap your reward in due season if ye faint not. So in Romans 4, verse 17 Paul was now talking or amplifying what really happened with Abraham in Genesis what 17 now look at Paul making his presentation as it is written I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God can I have a message quick 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 Oh, it's too small. Make it a little bigger for me. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham. Uh, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in the scripture? God saying to Abraham, you see, God is making something out of you now that you are nobody. He's working something out of you. He's working a testimony out of you. He's working strength out of you. He's working endurance out of Pastor Mubarak. He's working toughness out of Pastor Mubarak. Yes. Has he not called us? He will do it. It gets tough, but we keep moving. The burden is real, but we keep going. Hmm. Sometimes we feel like falling, uh, but we can't fall. We stand. Sometimes we go and we are weed. It's like, ah, 
can I get some rest? But hey, girl, we can't rest. You have to rise up. You are working that small cell and two people showed up. Go back again. Nobody showed up. Sing praises and go back next week. That church, ah, 10 people came yesterday. Two came the next day. Keep going at it. It was working something out of nothing. It takes, it takes a lot of tenacity for God to work on you for a future. It takes a lot. It gets tough, but we keep moving. Ah, Bishop Oedipus said one time, he fasted like 200 days. Ah, you have to die before a level. Out of a year. He said, he, he rushed into the washroom. And, oh, oh, and blood. And his wife said, let's go. He said, if tonight is the last night I'll preach and I die, I'll preach. Is he dead? <laughs> Raise the dead to life. He said, I will set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust to do what God, what only God could do. Raise the dead to life with a word made something, with a word made something out of nothing. Verse 18, when everything was hopeless, you see, when everything was what? Not where there was a sign. So, this is what God wants us to have. When I say I want to buy a CRV and they quote the president, I beg you. If I gather all my kaftans and I gather all my shoes, it can't pay for one-tenth of this your TRV you are buying, please. It's a hopeless situation. But God wants you to see through that hopelessness and say, I get it. I, I know you will do it. I don't know if some, I have a witness here. Look at these people, they don't really understand. Let me come to the thousand people seated here. Can you see the thousand people in church tonight? Or, or let me speak to the 10,000 outside. It looks like a hopeless situation. But he says, he believed anyway. Yeah, you are sick. You said, God, heal me. You sowed seed. You did this. And it's like, what's happening? But you're still believing. Say, God, I know you will heal me. I know. Abraham, 14 years. It was promised after. Paul was the one amplifying the situation. Maybe Paul had a special revelation. Well, we, we didn't really get it. But now Paul is explaining what really happened. He said, when everything was hopeless, sir. Hopeless. Now, you hear stories that, I think one time you shared a video, with, you shared an audio with Pastor Chris. He said, I've heard Pastor Chris one day preaching. He said, we don't know what to do with money. In our organization. So we have so much money, don't know. But in this video, Pastor Chris, in this audio, Pastor Chris was talking and he said, one time, 
they didn't have their rent. And the landlord came. And, da, 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 da. and Reverend Tom came and said, the landlord, I tell the landlord that he will pay. He said, if you don't bring the rent, don't come to church. And Pastor Chris was lying in the chair. And he said, what did he tell him? We'll pay. We will pay. But I hope Pastor Chris, now you're dying in a car. Do you know Pastor Chris? They follow those who through faith and patience. They needed 200 naira to pay their rent. They couldn't get it. We said when we went to Canaanland, where they are building their 100,000 seater church, there was a secondary school there. Then they broke the secondary and moved it. Now, when you see the building they've raised, the secondary school they've raised, the new one, we're going Bishop Adongo Sodi. It's, and all these things happen without announcement. Ultra modern secondary school. The Canaan, if you enter there, it's like you are not in Nigeria. No, it's a different world. In a hopeless situation. Is there anybody here with a hopeless situation? You are next in life for your testimony. Maybe we are people who, whose legs are already on something. You started school. No more, no more monthly salary. You are saying, next month, how will my job money come? Hopeless situation. But hey, sister girl, keep believing anyway. Because very, very soon, ha, Kadia Zavahalejes, very soon, God will show up. He believed anyway. How did he do it? Sir, this was a trick Abraham used. He decided not to live on the basis of what he saw. So, if you look at what you are seeing, Charlie, you'll be offended. I don't have a witness in church tonight. If you look at the condition, you'll be offended. Pastor Elvis Ajman said he was shocked one day. He came out of his church and he saw 3,000 yeah, 3, people outside for a miracle service. Human beings, Filikadochi. Packed. This is not even a good piece. Take the drone one from the root to the back. These are the people outside who fool. Where did they come from? All the prayers, Holy Spirit, send men like flock into our service. You will see them with your eyes. Yes. <laughs> will you be shocked one day? If in our auditorium, that's it. Outside. The church itself. Did we enter? Did you enter that day? But you see where you parked? All that place is full. That's what God can do. Without evangelism. 
Yeah. In a hopeless situation. In a hopeless situation. I, I, I don't know if someone is in a hopeless situation tonight. When you look at yourself, you look at what God has promised, you don't believe. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> we saw a car recently. This car, what do you think? I said, Pastor, recently I saw myself in a vision driving this car. But I did not think much of it. I did not think much of it. Because if you look at the condition in which you are, you will not believe it. But God is speaking to us tonight. Don't despise your condition. When everything was hopeless. When everything was what? Hopeless. Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw. He, could not, he couldn't do. But on what God said he would do. So it's, it's time we do this simple activity. Take your eyes off this picture. And put your eyes on the picture of what God showed you. Simple. That is what made Abraham, Abraham. It perhaps is the most difficult thing to do in the Bible. Because present circumstances, you are dying. But you say, I'm alive. It's not easy to say it. Present circumstances, you are sick. You say, I'm healthy. Present circumstances, you are broke. You say what? I'm rich. Come again. And highly favored. Meanwhile, the admission just turned you down. What kind of favor is this? That causes people to lose admission. But keep saying it. We won't stop saying it. Can I tell you guys something? You guys will be the richest young pastors in this city. Why you pull up? Mm. There's no airport in Europe you're not working. This is what Abraham did. That made him the father of faith. Then we will be sons of faith. Father, give us the grace. Look, because everybody here has a hopeless situation. It was tough. Look, look at verse 19. He said, Abraham didn't focus on his own. You see, when he says that, he did not look at his prayer. You don't know what he was dealing with. This is a man that could not have erection. <laughs> Look. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence. This is what made it tough. It's hopeless state. I say you are now about to live. An impotent man now gave birth with Keturah, had other sons. What happened? This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. King James said, neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. The deadness, like the thing was dead. Dead. The strength was not even there. Have you ever seen a hundred-year-old man? 
they didn't have c-section in those days people die in childbirth when they push push they go off but bible says she received strength and pushed isaac 100 years so you're going to take your eyes off because if you don't take your you'll be offended you're going to take your eyes off verse 20 look at it he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief give me message he didn't tiptoe around god's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions how will it be when will it happen god are you sure no i don't believe maybe i did not hear god maybe it was not god who spoke maybe it was my mind he did not do any of that he plunged into the promise and came up strong he came up what strong in faith king james he's tugging not at the promise of god through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory in the midst of his hopelessness father thank you for isaac the penis is down Thank you for Isaac. Oh, glory to Jesus. Then he'll go and hug his wife. Dead cells. No feeling. How did they even have sex? That's another mystery. <laughs> go and hug his wife. God said it. God said it. It was like a joke. As it is a joke for me to drive a Lancusa, so was it a joke for Sarah. Well, it's a joke. If I, if, if I, any normal person, if I tell her, one day, very soon, I'll have my Lancusa. They will laugh. Mm, stupid boy. You won't look for your size. You won't look for some. God should show you mercy with some Elantra. That's fine. Bishop Adungo said, he used to tell them, I'm the most richest pastor in Borga. Then they look at him and they say, you, Jesus boy. They call him Jesus boy. Choba, he used to pound for a choba. They mock at him. Today, properties. Thousands of dollars. And this is where you must have it. King James. Being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Being what? Fully persuaded. Continue. Therefore, it was imputed for him. He hoped against hope. Hope was against him, but he said, I'll hope in the hopelessness. Hope. There was no hope, but he found hope in hopelessness. Isaiah, do you understand? There was no hope, but he found hope 
in what? Hopelessness. Pull up that scripture. We are delaying on the 10. Verse 19. Go back. Go to verse 19. Romans 20. 21. Mm. Go to 18. King James. Who against hope believed in hope? Who against hope believed in hope? Hopelessness. I still have hope in this hopelessness. You know what? Let's remain faithful. Let's keep pushing. It's not an easy thing to lay hold on the prosperity of God. But if we can press, we'll lay hold on it. It's a fight. When I started, I shared with you, this is a fight. And we don't eat in fights. Neither do we drink cold water. We don't rest. We keep fighting for the I fought a good fight. Let's keep pushing. Keep pushing in your branch. Keep pushing. Brother, you will lay hold. <clears throat> you will what? Lay hold. When we went on, when we went to see Bishop Oti, you were there. Were you there? What did he say? He says, Pastor Mubarak, I'm not apologetic. I'm not sorry for the blessings God is blessing me. Because I feel that, that's what he's telling me. He said, because I feel that sometimes God has to do things for people to also see the kind of blessings or the kind of things, pain. I've forgotten how he put it, but he was just trying to, God has to also show up for people to know that we serve him. Then he said, go to the car park. There's a tear rubber land, uh, what, Nizam Patrol. Lo and behold, when we got there, it was breathing. Smooth. Smooth. He has not finished driving the Lanquisa. You, you have the picture of his Lanquisa, which he brought to the site. He has not finished driving it. Too. Before he will start, everything is breathing. Breathing. This was the man we visited in that wooden office about 10 years ago at Asafo with fishmongers. Oh, Bishop. Okay, maybe this is the car Bishop wants for me. <laughs> How will it be? I don't know. How will you marry? I don't know. How will your church grow to be 100? I don't know. I'm wondering. How will it be? God to do it. The way you will chill, eh? You. <laughs> you wait. I said, the way you will chill in this life, eh? But the way you will chill, eh? You will wait. Let me tell you. God will show up. His timing is different from ours. Let's keep pushing. I like one of the salutations, the signing of that Paul gave. Then Romans 16.10. If you can get TLTP for me. Is it T, uh, living, what, what's the name? N, no, NLT. Uh, 
TPT. If you can get it, I'll be happy. He said, Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves. Now, that word approves is like, I want to read in the TPT. I'm ending. Let's stay strong. Let's keep being faithful. Let's keep pushing. Don't forget to greet Apelles for me. For he's been tested and found to be approved by the Messiah. This is, a, this is the testimony we want. Apelles. For he's been tested and found to be approved. NIV. Kadavazaha. Great, great Apelles. Tested and approved in Christ. Message. A tried and true veteran in following Christ. Let's keep pushing. Let's be faithful. Every test will become a testimony. Let's keep building. Let's keep moving. Let's keep doing the cells. Let's keep doing the area fellowship. Let's keep doing the branches. Let's keep pushing. Our shoes are fading. Don't worry. Our shoes are getting worn out. Don't worry. Our bodies are getting tired, but we are pushing. God will show up. God will show up. We, we, <laughs> we went to Bishop Oti's office. We went to the office complex. And we bumped into... Pastor Ellie's office. You remember? Now, when you enter Pastor Ellie's office, ah, I wonder if there are offices in the last of that look as beautiful as that office. One day, when someone enters your office, in our office complex, they will ask, are you the senior pastor? When someone sees the car you drive, All these things come with our work. Me, I've picked Pastor Ellie at Circle. He went to chase some court documents. I picked him in my Renault. He didn't have a car. I picked him there. We drove to Medina. But the last time the guy was coming to check the project, some Ford he came with there. Then you know what he said? He said, Pastor Muba. I said, Pastor, when I go, I'll buy some of your cars. He said, Pastor Muba, it's part of the work. When you enter here, as a ministry, all will come. You are destined for greatness, oh. This is what made Abraham. God is putting you through the test he put Abraham through. You are blessed. Are you not blessed? Ah, you are too blessed. The day they broke down our church, I said, God, thank you for making me see this blessing. Because in my life, I've seen Bishop Ajinasar, Archbishop Ajinasar, Prophet T.B. Joshua, Omuna Yebubu Omoa, sorry. Namu Barak Demi, and why not Yebubu? Sorry, I'm blessed. Are you not happy that you are taking the same test Abraham took? 
which means you are set up for the same promotion Abraham was promoted. They yeah. am set up for the same promotion that Abraham was promoted with. Say this test will become my testimony. Say I will not chicken out. But I'll be strong in faith. Say, I will not stagger anymore at the promises of God. Say, I will not doubt anymore the prophecies. Say, when the going gets tough, I will be tougher. Say, when the, game, the going gets tough, I will rise up tougher. Say, I will lay hold. Say, I'll lay hold. Say, I'm laying hold. Say, I am lambanoing the prophecies. Say, I am catalambanoing the prophecies of God. Say, I lay hold. I lay hold. I lay hold. I lay hold. In the name of Jesus. We are in a phase of this ministry where we are changing levels. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the captain. I'm leading the flock. I know what's happening in the realm of the spirit. And it's with a lot of discomfort. Because we are metamorphosing from cocoons into butterflies. And so for someone, a dry season has come. But it's only for a beautiful season tomorrow. Shout glory. Glory. Glory! Glory! I said, we are changing. We are changing. You see, for every plant to bear fruit, it must die. Then it will wear a new body. If you put beans, the old shell will break off. It will die first. Then when it dies, the old shell will break off then the new one will come out. Zavazahaze. Ivahazaha. This death will produce life. This season of dryness will produce abundance. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We will not be tired. He strengthens us. We will not be offended. We will not get to that place where we give up. listening to this podcast visit www.christaboundinglove.com and our social media handles at the christ abounding love church for more audio messages and details on all upcoming conferences god bless you